0: to become yourself welcome to creating a buzz about health podcast with paula carnell hello so welcome to my latest episode creating a buzz about health and today i want to talk about why do we do beekeeping courses through the winter months now i'm not going to make this a 10 second podcast but i could Because the main reason we learn about beekeeping through the winter months is because beekeepers are far too busy through the summer. And the winter months are when you plan and you prepare and when you have that time to actually share the wisdom. But I'm not going to end it just there. I'm going to go into a bit more detail about why you should even do a beekeeping course before you keep bees. Now, I'm as guilty as So many people that I started beekeeping without having an awful lot of knowledge beforehand. I had read a few books and I'd sort of done a bit of searching on the Internet. But where I was very lucky, um, although I was bed and wheelchair bound at the time, my husband built me a beehive, we put it in the garden, and then I contacted the local beekeeping association and then found a local beekeeper who then put some of his bees in my hive and he taught me beekeeping. So he was basically looking after the bees and then teaching me the methods. So he was teaching me for about three years before he handed the bees over to me and they became mine. And he taught me conventional beekeeping. And if you don't know anything about beekeeping, there are lots and lots of different ways of keeping bees. And you have to find the way that's right for you, that you can manage, and that's good for your bees. So that takes time and it takes experience. And nothing, no matter how much you do before you have bees, nothing compares with actually having bees and having to learn whilst you're with them. But it certainly helps. If you've got lots of information first and how you get started with bees really has a major impact on the health and well-being of the bees and how you're going to manage them in the future. So after I would sort of learned about beekeeping and then I realized that I didn't want to keep bees in a conventional way, the key things I was not happy with was using smoke, feeding sugar or using chemical treatments inside hives. So to move away from that, I really had to learn about the alternatives because you can't just leave your bees in a hive and think they'll get on with it. Not if you're in a built up area, if they're in a tree, if they're a wild colony, a feral colony, then by all means, bees don't actually need humans. But if you're wanting to take honey or you're wanting to manage swarms or you're wanting to learn about beekeeping, then it's really important that you are managing them and you're very aware of the health and well being of your bees. Because bees, you're going to have 50 to 70,000 bees in your colony and they're going to go out and about in your environment. And so you've really got to know what you're doing because whatever you do with your bees or however they're managed, that's going to have an impact on the wider environment and your neighbors' bees or other bees and feral bees. So it's really important that you know what you're doing. So When I started developing my own way and I was reading books and watching lectures and actually attending lectures to to find my own way about beekeeping, I then found lots of people were approaching me um, and saying that they didn't want to keep bees in the conventional way either. So they wanted me to teach them how to do it in a different way. People were trusting me because I was getting honey. I was happy. My bees seemed to be happy and healthy. And it was clear I was not following the conventional rules. So that's when I started up um, teaching beekeeping. And I had a few students and people that would follow me. And then um, in 2019, just by pure chance, I met a wonderful lady called Lisa Johnson, who is a business coach. But her thing is about helping people set up courses online. And I invested quite a lot of money to do her course. And goodness gracious me, wasn't it the best thing I did? When 2020 hit, I'd already put together my course, and I had it online. So I was able, when people were in lockdown, I was able to sort of say, look, I've actually got a beekeeping course online, so you can get ready for the summer. So that course has now evolved and I've done new videos and it's been added to. So it's it's much more comprehensive now than it was originally. But that's how I sort of set up teaching beekeeping. So now I've had hundreds of people go through the course and we've got a wonderful community. We have a WhatsApp group so we can keep in touch with Um, what's going on with our own bees and we learn from each other and it's just really amazing when you go through through a course with a group of other people you get to know each other and you get to learn about each other's bees and we're all over the world so we've all got different ideas and experiences with bees so I thought I'd just share a bit about why we learn through the winter and what you're going to learn on my course. And I'll touch a bit about what you'll learn if you go to a conventional course. Now, I'm a great believer that you can never overlearn. You can't learn too much. So ideally, I would recommend you do your local beekeeping course, even if you don't agree with a lot of the things you're being taught. You have to know all of it to then know what you are or you are not going to do. And so even if you're having to sit through a class where they're teaching you about artificial insemination or dissecting bees or clipping wings or just a simple thing as using chemical treatments, it is important that you know about this. Because if you step outside of that kind of practice, you are opening yourself up for criticism, but also you might have to justify why you're doing what you're doing, which I know We shouldn't have to do that. But it's important. You are taking care of bees. And the moment you put them into a hive, you are responsible for their well-being. So it's really important that you know what you're doing and why you're doing it. So that's why the first module of my course is all about finding your why so many people I meet they come to me you know they'll come on a bee safari or they'll come to one of my talks and they're like yeah I'm thinking one day I'd like to keep bees and you know I've been looking at hives and I just want to get a hive and the thing is the first thing I ask them is well why do you want to keep bees and more often not I mean originally 10 years ago, people say, I want to keep bees because I want to have the honey. But now people want to keep bees because they think it's saving the bees. They're like, oh, yeah, um, bees are really endangered. So I want to have a hive. Well, actually, if that is your motivation, having a honeybee hive is probably the worst thing you can do, especially if you're not doing it consciously. You're then impacting all the native bees in your garden or in your land, wherever you are. And so just mindlessly thinking oh I'm saving the bees I'm going to get some honeybees in that really is not the best thing for the bees or for you because once you've got them they're going to expand they're either going to die which could be very upsetting for you depending where you've got them from and what you do when you're looking after them but also if they don't die, they're going to expand. And then suddenly you've gone from one hive to three hives or five or even more. So you need to be prepared for that. You need to think, is this the kind of lifetime commitment I'm ready for? So if we're having to wonder why honeybees are not saving the bees, it's like, why not? Well, there's 22,000 species of bees in the world and only 11 of them make honey. Here in the UK, we have 275 species of bees, but only one of them makes honey. So it's all those other bees that are our pollinators and they need food. They need forage. And if we bring in honeybees, then we're gonna be starving those bees out and that has a serious impact on our pollination. It also stresses our honeybees out because they're overworked. You know, we need to work together. All the bees need to work together to pollinate the plants that they're specifically connected to. Now, if if you think about what the problems are, all these different bee species are affected by lack of forage. There is not enough food around. We've lost 98% of our wildflower meadows across Britain in the last 70 years. So that's an awful lot of food that's gone. Also, ancient trees can have the equivalent of five acres worth of flowers on them. So if we're felling middle-aged and older trees, we're losing that forage too. If our hedgerows are all flailed, then that affects the forage. So there's so many things that are really affecting the food. So this is why it's important that you do your why. You think, why am I wanting to keep bees? If after you realize that that's not a great conservation project, think about how else you can help bees. So you can be sowing more flowers. You can be having more wild areas. You can be, you know, letting your hedges bloom. There's lots of things like that that you can do. But you could still have honeybees, but in a more natural way, because honeybees are often affected by not having enough habitat you know when people do get a hive and they swarm you're then going to have at least one possibly three more colonies produced over a couple of years and they're going to want somewhere to live and if we haven't got cavities in trees or if people don't want them in the roofs of their houses where are these bees going to go so you could actually provide habitat by having a log hive or having some kind of hive up in a tree where the bees can just go in and do their own thing. So providing habitat. So in the first module of my course, we talk about um, why you want to keep bees. Is it for honey? Is it for a business? Because that's very different. Again, is it lifestyle? Is it because you want to connect with bees? Is it because you want to save the bees? So, we really go into a deep dive, and I have worksheets that you can work through to really help you get to the nub of it. Now, as with any project in life, it is important to know your why. Just think about marriage. If you've forgotten why you married somebody, it gets very hard to get through the tough times. So, it is important to know your why. With my business, I know what my why is. My why is to Inform the world about the connections between bees and humans. I want to create a buzz about health. So, no matter what goes on in my business, I remember that that is why I am here. That is my mission. That's my purpose. So, that helps me get back on track when things get a bit tough. And it also helps me remember not to get too distracted with shiny objects or other projects that I would also get excited to do. If they don't fit in with creating a buzz about health, then I have to let them go for now. Now, the second module I do is feeding the bees. Many people will already have a hive and they come to me and they go, well, we've had a hive. We've got through the first year. You know, it went well or it didn't go well. Now, what do we do? And I ask people to just stand in your garden, on your land, in your area and just look around every month of the year. And what can you see flowering? Now, if you can't see anything flowering, there is no food for your bees, not only your bees, but all the native pollinators as well. So actually feeding the bees is something that you've really got to do before you even get your bees. You need to be thinking ahead and thinking what plants are going to feed the bees in your area. So I really go into a deep dive about nutrition and health and why different plants are good and some are not so good for bees. So that's a really good, it's a fun, interesting module, because you're looking at the wider scope. And I share experiences and, and research about where they've got it right and, and what you can do. So then the third model is the t- module is the tough one. And this is where we talk about diseases, health and disease of bees. Now there's this, there are some pretty nasty diseases out there that your bees can succumb to. And this is why it's important that you know about them. Now, as a natural or a kinder keeper, we're actually looking at the bees in a more holistic way. We're using all of our senses to see what's wrong with the bees. And this is really important. And it's so important that you understand that life cycle of the bees, because there can be things happening that you don't understand. And you might think something's gone wrong, but actually it could be a healthy sign. For example, through the winter months, your bees are in torpor. So they're in a cluster and they're keeping warm and they're not very active. So you could be looking at a hive and not seeing any flying for days or weeks or even months, depending on your climate. And then suddenly one day you look, the sun's out and there's a whole pile of dead bees outside your hive. It would be very easy to think, oh my gosh, my bees have died. There's all these dead bees. But actually what's happened, is your bees are healthy bees. They've come a bit out of torpor and they thought, right, let's have a cleanup. So all the bees that died in the few months that they were in torpor, they can now pull the bodies out. So that's actually an amazing sign and something to get excited about. So it's little things like that, that really make a difference with your beekeeping. You need to know how long it takes for bees to Um, to develop, you know, how long is it for a female bee or a male bee, or even the queen from an egg until she hatches. These are basic things and you don't need to remember them forever, but it really helps with your beekeeping management. You need to know where the queen mates, you need to know how she mates, you need to know if she has mated. These are things where using your ears, listening to the bees, watching what happens on the outside of the hive, this all really helps you look after your bees in a much safer way. And then the fourth module is all about products from the hive. So it's all the things that you can take from the hive or the bees will gift you with that you can then use to perhaps generate an income or a return on your investment so that you're getting things back from your bees but in a sustainable way. There's lots of things that you can do with bees that perhaps You haven't even thought of? Everyone thinks about honey but do you know how to take the honey sustainably? Do you know how much honey you should take from your hive? These are all the questions we go into and we answer on the course. So as it's winter and as I am in the the month of my 55th birthday I thought I would offer a treat. So I'm gonna offer a 55 pound discount from my online course. The course is 547 pounds. You actually have um, access to all of the modules. And I do monthly Zoom calls that you will be invited to. And what I'm doing for people who joined the course up until um, the end of December, 2023, is not only will you get the £55 off, but you're also going to get included a one-day workshop. I will have a series of dates through next spring that you can attend. You'll meet me in person. You can ask me all the questions you like. You can bring your workshop um, sheets in and we can go through them. I can help you. You can see some of the hives I've got and we'll actually go out and see some of my bees. Doesn't matter what the weather's like, we will actually still learn something about bees. So I've got a special voucher code. I'm going to tell you what it is now. It's 55 off in capital letters. So make sure you put that in the checkout when you order the course. On this podcast notes, we're going to put all the links in for the courses. If you want to have a chat with me, just email me, paula at paulacarnell.com. And we can arrange a phone call and I can give you a chat. But it's really important to me that people know how to keep bees properly, sustainably, and that we can remove the stress. I don't want you having bees that you're terrified of or that if they turn a bit angry, you don't know what to do. So it's really important that we get you off to a fresh start and that you're all ready to go by next spring when the bee season kicks off so often we get into April or May and people come to me and go oh I want to learn about beekeeping you're too late you're too late to buy a beehive you're too late to get your bees and the beekeepers are too busy to teach you so spend the winter months preparing order your beehive plan your garden sow your seeds so that when the bees are swarming you're ready to catch your very own colony of bees I hope this has been really helpful If you can think of somebody who would really benefit from this, or if you know someone who would love the course as a gift, or who just wants to learn more, maybe they're already a beekeeper, but they're wanting to make a transition, put them in touch, um, tag them, you know, share this podcast. And um, hopefully, I will see you all in the new year or over the winter months, learning about beekeeping. So thank you very much. And until next time, bye for now. I love that you've been listening to my podcast. Thank you so much. I am delighted to have the wonderful Bee Brook helping me with editing and um, producing this podcast. So if you've enjoyed it, do share it around and connect with me on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn. And my website. So thank you very much and bye for now. You have to become yourself. Join us next time on Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.